to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Okay, so before I get into today's message, allow me to acknowledge the presence of God once more. Father God, you are welcome. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Jesus, we love you. Amen. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving us this day, O oh God. For this is the day that you have made, and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you. And allow me also to acknowledge Apostle Frederick in absentia. He did mention that he was uh, on the copper belt, is at our Kitwe branch. We can just give our man of God a round of applause. We also acknowledge the First Lady in absentia. Amen. Okay, and everybody else, the entire City of the Lord Church leadership and all the members, I acknowledge you. Hallelujah. Okay, so we have that out of the way. So someone say, I'm ready. So in case uh, you didn't get my name, I'm Pastor Cho. Amen. And I'm very, I'm, I'm humbled to stand before you. It's, um, God is amazing that he can give me this opportunity, this platform to just minister to you. Amen. So I have something for you today. Okay. So I've entitled my message... Zion, the chosen one. Amen. Okay. Um, I still don't like my sound. Can everybody hear me at the back, that side? Are we good? On that side, my far left, we're good? Awesome. This side? Okay, good. All right, so the first scripture will be taken from Psalms 132 verse 13 to 14 and I am reading from the KJV okay so I'll go ahead of media it says for the Lord has chosen Zion he has desired it for his habitation okay He has desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. Have you seen that? So it tells us that God has chosen Zion because he he has desired it for his habitation. And then verse 14 says, This is my rest forever. Here 
will I dwell for I have desired it. So you are God's rest. Amen. Amen. Okay. So we will get into that. All right. So we will get into deeper into that. Somebody say deeper. Deeper. Okay. So now Hebrews 12:22 and onwards, I'm sure also up to 23 or so. The Bible tells us that we have come to Mount Zion. Amen. You know that as, as, as children of God, as the church, you are Zion. Amen. Okay, there we go. It says, but you have come to Zion, Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable, innumerable company of angels. <laughs> okay, that, uh, my tongue got tied, obviously. Anyway, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Have you seen that? To the church of the firstborn. Okay? So, who are registered in heaven. To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. Just that is fine. So, it goes to show you that you are Zion. You, the church, you are Zion. Amen. You know very well that when we come to a building, when we come to this place, you know that this place, is not church if you are not there. If a child of God is not in that place, it's just a building. Amen. You can construct, uh, you can have a structure and, 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 and call it church. But the people who carry God in them are the reason why it's called church. Amen. So, we could, five, six, seven people could meet under a tree to start a church. It's church because they are there. And they're children of God and God is in them. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So now I want us to get into the scripture. It says, for the Lord has chosen Zion. Now, I, I, the reason for this sharing really is so that we have a deeper understanding of some things that we may already know. Right? We, we learned about the tabernacle and so on and so forth. Last week there was a whole diagram. We had a whole DMNT and what not, okay, on the tabernacle of God, on the ark of the covenant, what not, what not. We, we know that stuff, right? But then there's a place where we need to interact more with that knowledge, right? So that we can interact with it. I like what pastor says, you know, as though it was your name. Hallelujah. And that speaks of going yonder, going deeper. And you know that's a thing that we do in this place. So I wanted us to really delve into this thing and have understanding, like a deeper understanding or appreciation of all of this. Hallelujah. Okay. So now, to be chosen, right, is to be appointed. It's an appointment. I think most times when we think of the word appoint, we're thinking of maybe in the former sector where you've been appointed, they've given you this job, you've been appointed as... HR manager or whatever at some institution, right? They give you a letter of appointment. Amen? Amen. I thought people would be receiving. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, usually that's what we think, I think. All right? So, to be chosen is to be appointed, is to be assigned a job or a role. So, when you're appointed, you're appointed to do something. It's not just an appointment. No. If you are appoint, appointed as HR manager, you are in charge of HR-related issues. 
you are the guy to see. You are in charge of hiring and firing and training and whatever other stuff that's part of your duties. Amen. So you are appointed. Now, um, there are certain roles, of course, that come with this appointment. And to appoint is also to select. It means you were selected. It just didn't happen. You just didn't fall into that role. No. And when we look at it from the formal, formal, like formal world, I mean, formal employment, let me say, when you have been sele- selected, right? You've been appointed. You've been selected. There's a whole process to it. Amen. There's a whole process. And I, I will go deeper into this just so that we have understanding. So there's a whole process in this. So let's say there's a job opening somewhere and there are like 300 people who apply. There's, there's going to be a selection process, isn't it? So you have different selection criteria. Let's say people do aptitude tests. How many people have done aptitude tests? I really hate those things. So there's aptitude tests. They will test you left, right, and center. You write them, and then they'll filter the 300,000 based on the results, right, that um, people get. So let's say they filter 100,000, okay? And so they'll filter again, right? Do interviews, conduct interviews. So you sit before a panel and whatnot and whatnot, and they'll, they'll judge you, they'll ask you questions, they'll, they'll look at what you're wearing. I'm now giving you tips. They'll look at what you're wearing, they'll look at how you carry out yourself, what you know about the company, and so on and so forth. How quick you are to think, how sharp you are, what you know about that industry. You know, are you, are you, do you have everything on your fingertips? If you're straight from school, they'll test your textbook knowledge and so on and so forth, right? So they'll filter. And then they'll select. So let's say they wanted three. Then they select the three. It means there's certain criteria you have met. Right? For you to be selected, they just didn't select. I mean, if it's done on merit, right? There's certain criteria you have met that they are looking for. Something that matches what they are looking for as an organization. Probably there are certain values that you may have that are in line with the organization's values. Amen? Okay. So in a like manner, you were appointed. You were selected. Now, I'll tell you one of the reasons why you were selected. And, but be, you know, before I, I go into that, allow me to just quickly like, paint the picture some more. The way it has been in Zambia, right, is that you, you're born at the age of maybe three, four, I don't know what it is these days, you're taken to nursery school, and then you go do your primary school, secondary school, and tertiary, you get your degree or whatever, and then the whole idea is to one day sit, that's how it's been, right? I mean, I think we're moving away, a little bit away from that, and people are starting their own businesses, but... For a long time, this is how it's been. So the whole idea is that at the end of your degree and whatnot, one day you're going to sit in front of a panel for an interview. So that you may be appointed for a particular job. So that you can put food on your table, support your family and travel and do whatever it is that you like. And shop and whatever. Right? So your entire life, I will say your entire life, because it takes years, some babies start at two, three, four. Up to grade 12, that's probably 14 years, including your nursery school. 
Then you add on your tertiary, that's another four, four years. Hello? Seven. Four being a, maybe a minimum, three being a minimum. Then there are those who go in for the seven years. Yes, those who go yonder. Those who are more than conquerors. <laughs> so can you imagine that your entire life, you are being prepared for that moment? When you are appointed, I said that there are roles and responsibilities. When you are appointed, you are given a job description. Your job description will entail whatever your duties are supposed to be. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do that. And now because you've been appointed at the interview, they ask, can you do this? Yes, I can do it. Can you not? Yes, I can knock off late. Yes, I can put in the hours. Yes, yes, everything is yes. So now they've given you the job. So now it's time to work. Eh? So now you have to prove yourself. Because if you don't prove yourself, you're most likely going to be out or you not be confirmed in that position. Hello. So, can you imagine spending your entire life just for that appointment? I mean, let's be real about this. It's something that we do every day that maybe we're so used to it and we haven't really looked into it. You wake up in the morning because you're thinking of your day at school. Hello. So your plan, the time you wake up, is all centered around your school schedule and stuff. Because by 8, I have to be in class. So if I'm praying, I need to pray from this time to this time. If I have to clean the house, I need to clean from this time. Because by 7, I need to leave. Are you following me? You are spending your whole day at the office and you're getting home late. Why? Just for that appointment. That is how much we invest in it, huh? That's a serious investment. So your entire time, you are groomed, you are taught skills, and your character is developed, and you are taught all these things. So one day when you sit in front of that panel, hopefully you'll be the best. So you are being taught, you are being groomed, and when you are in tertiary now, you specialize in whatever it is that you, you desire to do. So there's all of that. Just so you can be appointed. Just so you can carry out that work the office, just so you can be able, you're prepared to meet those deadlines. Some people even work Saturdays so that they can catch up with the work that they didn't manage to finish during the week. So your whole life is just centered around that. Most of it, anyway. Amen. Are we following? So now I'll take you back a bit. I think I'd gone ahead of myself. The Bible says you are appointed, you are chosen. So why were you selected? Why were you appointed by God? Why were you chosen? So I will give you at least a reason that you were chosen. Remember I said you were selected, meaning there were other candidates. So when I say other candidates, it's wide. Okay? It's vast. And when I say other candidates, it, inc- it includes God's creation. God created a lot. The plants, whatever, trees, the waters. The animals, the animals are different kinds. God created the angels, but you, you were the one who was selected. You were the one who was appointed, not the angels. And I'll tell you why you were selected. Genesis 1.26. Can we get there? Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness. 
Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and so on and so forth. But I want to draw attention to the first part. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Meaning you are made like him. That's why he appointed you so that he can dwell in you because you remind him of him. You are like him. I don't know if you are getting it. You are the only ones who were created like him. Hallelujah. So you are created like him. Something about you reminds him of himself. And I want to paint a picture here. Allow me to paint a picture. Let's say you are building a house. And you, you have enough money eh, to build that house. Eh? You have enough money here. You are going to design this house. There are certain things that you want to be in that house. Certain things that you like, that you desire, that should be found in the house. So that when you dwell there, it's what you want. It's what you have chosen. Are we following? I, I pray you are following me. And I'll give you a very simple example. So, we said you have enough money. Now, imagine you're building a house. You don't have so much. A person doesn't have so much. So they have to choose between a bathtub and a shower. They can't have both. Alright? There are those people who love to take showers. Amen, those people who love to take showers. There are those people who love to take a bath. Amen, us who love to take a bath. There's nothing wrong with the shower. Alright? Shower is quick in, out, what not. If you come out feeling refreshed. But I prefer baths. Because even when you've had a long day, you can put your bubble bath, switch on like candles and relax. Amen. So when you build that house, you're going to put your bathtub there. So that when you come back from your long day, you're going to go and sit in that bathtub and rest. How are we following? So there's a way that you've created or you've built or designed that house. Amen. There are certain things about you that are being reflected in that house. Hello? Hello? So that when you come to do it's habitable. You are comfortable. When you go, you can't wait to go home. You just love your place. Amen. I'll give you another example. I love a big kitchen because I love to cook good food. Right? I want a big kitchen. I want all those nice plates. I want all those big ovens and bake and what? Right? Other person is not really into that. They'll prefer a small kitchen. The big kitchen will stress them out. Amen. We're different. Hallelujah. But the whole point I'm trying to make is that God has designed you a certain way that suits Him. And that is why when He chose to dwell with you, He knew what He was doing. Because it's the way He's just designed you to be. And one of the things or the ways in which he's designed you is to carry his presence. You are able to carry his presence. You are able to grow his presence. What I mean to grow his presence is it's not that God needs to grow. No, 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 no. Right? But your awareness, the way you interact with the presence of God. God has given you a mind such that you can comprehend the knowledge that is needed to even grow your interaction with him. This is the way you've been designed. Amen. 
So, remember I said, and now I'm coming back to it, I had said I'd gone ahead of myself. Now, remember what I said. We're given responsibilities. When you're appointed, there's a responsibility. So, even as God has appointed us, we have a responsibility. Amen. Amen. We have a responsibility. Why? Because we carry his presence. He has chosen to dwell with us. So we have the responsibility of the presence of God in us. So what are we doing with that responsibility? And bearing in mind, the reason why I gave you that preamble, and I, 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 I dwelt on it for a while, I said, you go to school for it. You are at the office in a couple of hours a week because you need to work. You've got responsibilities. The reason why I said that is that there's nothing casual about this. And I'm not talking about a job where you can just go in the morning and just hang your jacket and then you're out. Uh-uh. I'm not talking about that type of job. I'm talking about where you're working proper. Okay? Not putting your pen to register your presence or hanging your coat. Uh, not that one. So there's nothing casual about that. Remember you went to school for it. Remember when there's an interview. How many people know? Oh my God, what are the interview questions? What do they ask? How do I answer this? Oh my God, what am I going to wear? You wash your white shirt. Make sure your jacket is on point. Oh my shoes, what? Polish. It's not, there's nothing casual about it. So in a similar way, there's nothing casual about being appointed to carry the presence of God. There is nothing casual about it. There is no way, far be it from us that we can invest all of this just so that we can put food on our tables. And then the things of God which matter, we should be casual. No. Far be it from us, a city of the Lord Church, far be it from us. Because we didn't really comprehend or we didn't really understand. No. That's why today I'm making sure that we understand this. Far be it from us. Yes, we need to eat. Yes, your body being a tent needs to be able to carry you to function according to what God has, has uh, assigned you. But far be it from us that our energy and our time should just be spent on that. Are we following? Do you know that in the in the corporate world, be quiet. I hope we're getting it. Do you know that in the corporate world, when you start working, after they give you, of course, your job description and whatnot, there's something called the balance scorecard. How many people have heard of it? <laughs> okay, so. I will not get into, I won't get technical, okay? Too technical. I just really want to explain what it is and what it does. All right? So a balanced scorecard is basically, they'll they'll use it to to sort of, uh, what's the word, to assess how the company is doing, how you have been working, what your input is. Are you functioning, basically, is the bottom line. Are you functioning? And they will grade you. That's why it's called the scorecard. They will grade you. So they will grade you A, B, C, D. They will grade, there will even be those who will be called non-performers. But of course not in my city. Hallelujah. There are those who will be called non-performers. And I tell you they will have a plan for non-performers. 
they'll make a plan, do training, what not, and give you time to improve. If you don't improve, you're out. This is how serious it is. So if something can be this serious, what more being appointed to carry the presence of God? It needs a certain level of attention. It needs a certain level of seriousness. Okay? God is so serious about this that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. If this is the level of seriousness that God can treat you, who is the temple, what about you? For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Now, do you know what makes you holy? One of the things that really makes you holy is that you have the Holy One living in you. What makes a temple sacred is the one who's in the temple. Christ. So, your relationship with God, your desire and your pursuit for the things of God and for the presence of God should be big. Because that is the essence. Amen. Okay, so one of the things you need to do is cultivate your relationship with God, obviously. And you need to make a big deal out of it. And the reason why I'm saying make a big deal out of it is because in the things of the world concerning our jobs and what, we make a big deal. Hello? If a person doesn't have school fees, it's a big deal. Amen? It's a big deal. They will do everything they can to ensure that they get those fees. Because you need to go to that school. Because you need to one day sit in front of somebody and be appointed or be the one to offer jobs or whatever it is. But at some point in time, you need to work. That's the essence. So you need to make a big deal because the world makes a big deal. So how much more of a big deal should we make? You need to go all out. And you need to go crazy for Jesus. You need to go all out. Really, you do. And um, so you have to be deliberate about it. Like I said, it's not a casual approach. If you are casual in the office, it's just a matter of time and you're out. That's just how it is. Or if you are casual in the office, um, you will find that promotions pass you by. People sit and discuss, what time does that one arrive? This one is a good worker. And I'm telling you these things based on what I've, I've seen, what I've experienced. This person is a good worker. They, good, they know their job. But they always come late. So how are they going to manage a leadership role? How will they know what's going on? Why? They were casual when it came to their job and timekeeping. So I this person is hardworking. They know the job, whatnot, but they were casual there. And so promotions are passing them, but they have no clue because of being casual. So people will say, bosses will say, how will she do reports? Reports are due in the morning or before the actual, actual work starts. By 7.30, whatever, 7, your reports should go in most institutions. So if you are late and you are casual, then you miss out. So we cannot be casual. We have to go out and we have to be deliberate. This is my point. Okay? So you need to spend time with God. Find out what God wants. Find out what he loves and go for it. Go for it. 
with all you have. Alright? And I'll give you an example of somebody who, who did this. Somebody who was really crazy about this. David. First Chronicles. In First Chronicles 13. You can go to verse 1. We can start from verse 1. But basically, I'll, I'll tell you the story. You can read First Chronicles 13, chapter 13, 14, 15, up to 16. Yeah. So David is one of the people who was crazy for God. Now, one of the reasons why David is popular is not because he won those wars. Come on. When we talk about David, what do you remember? A man? Thank you. He was crazy when he came to God. And I'll show you how crazy he was. It says, Then David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. Carry on. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you, and if it is of the Lord our God, let us send out to our brethren everywhere who are left in all the land of Israel, and with them to the priests and Levites who are in their cities and their common lands that they may gather together to us. Next verse. And let us bring the ark of our God back to us. For we have not inquired at it uh, since the days so now David had become king and one of the first things was on his agenda was the presence of God the ark we remember is symbolic of the presence of God the tangible presence of God David made this his agenda let's go back to the first verse I want you to see how serious this is he consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader in his area, every, every leader, he spoke to every leader, every Levite, carry on. He spoke to everyone. Where is it there? It says, um, let us send out to our brethren everywhere. Their brethren. So the leaders, those who are not leaders, they were just called the brethren. Alright? The priests, the Levites, everyone who had the title was involved in this. And David says, let's go and bring the ark of the Lord. His agenda was the presence of God. That was his number one agenda. Remember, we have been appointed. And an example is David. David knew, before I can do anything, I need the presence of God sorted. Hallelujah. And it was so dear to him and so important to him. He made a big deal out of it because he called everyone. It's like going to your home and say, guys, families, siblings, whatever, from this time to this time, we're going to be spending time with God. All of us. It's like going to the office if you are in offices where you can have fellowship before work and you say, We are my team. We are not starting the day without the presence of God. As a group, we are not. Can you imagine this nation and the president goes to not declaring um, Zambia a Christian nation? No, I'm not talking about that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying where you go and send word to each and every leader. So there will be leaders in the families. The president has sent word to Monse. The president has sent word to Western Province. The president has sent word to Central Province. Has sent word to Copper Belt. Everywhere, every leader received word. Can you imagine that? And every person who wasn't a leader heard about this word. 
and every person was a priest and a liver. Everyone was on the same page. That's how much of a big deal he made out of it. There is nothing casual about that. How are we following? Okay. So, carry on, keep going. Where were we? Verse 3. Can we go to verse 4? And then all the assembly said that they would do so for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. Right? Carry on. Again. So they went up to bring the, the ark of the Lord. Right? Carry on. Okay, so they carried the ark. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? Then there was music that they played. Amen. Before God with all their might. So they were not just playing. Huh? There's a distinction. They played with all their might. So meaning there was no casualness about this. All their might. Everything they had went into playing that music. Everything, every muscle, every piece, every, like all your strength goes into that. And they played music. And do you think that that music they just played anyhow? Ah, oh, okay, Apamanje, they can't the what our common praise uh, songs. Ah, okay, Apamanje, let's move on. No, it was, this is a group of people, like literally the, the whole of his world, if you can say, and they are playing music. They were coordinated. What went into that? There was rehearsal. There were instruments. Making sure this instrument is okay. This one is on point. Will it be able to play? Making sure that the harps are on point. The stringed instruments are on point. The tambourines uh, on cymbals. Their trumpets. Whatever is on point. Because then that would have been confusion if they just went and they just picked and said, it was coordinated. He was deliberate. This is my point. This is how deliberate and how crazy David was. And we have been appointed. Zion. We are the ones who have been chosen. So this guy did this. Obviously there was money spent there. Alright? I'll tell you how crazy this guy was. Do you know that certain sounds they were composed by David during this carrying of the ark and preparing a, a house for the ark of God? Because somebody wasn't casual, he decided to even write. Hello? He wrote. There were people he appointed to sing. If you look at First uh, Chronicles 16, Let's go to First Chronicles 16. There were people who were appointed to sing. Then they were not just singing the songs that they know. No. He brought in new songs. He didn't just say, no, but sweet psalmist of Zion, sing that common church song. Uh-uh. He brought in songs. He gave the guy songs to sing. Psalm 96, Psalm 105, and Psalm 106 are some of them that were written during this time. Why? We can sing them. We can even make it right now. Like I can go to Psalm 96, do a camelo di go to the studio and record. Why? Because somebody was crazy about the presence of God. 
Somebody was not casual. When you're crazy, you just do, you go beyond. Like you go yonder, you go deeper. Somebody was crazy. So now I can look at Psalm 96, Psalm 105. I can add my own things. What? Because somebody did the work. There were burnt offerings there. Um, go to verse 16. There were burnt offerings. That's, that's a lot. And these songs that I'm talking about, I want you to read in your own time. These songs that I'm talking about, when he wrote them, they would sing them before the ark. That was ministering to the Lord. They would sing them, not once, apparently they would sing them three times even in a day. So in the mornings, your prayer, you sing. Midday, you find time, you sing. This guy, sir, um, verse 6, let's go to verse 6. Are we following? Are, are we processing? Are we thinking about it? Look at that. Beniah and Jehaziel, the priest, regularly blew the trumpets before the ark of the covenant of God. So there was singing, there was blowing of trumpets, there was serious activity. This guy spent a lot of money on just investing in the presence of God. And now you and I can sing those psalms. Another person who did this, and you can read in your own time, is... Um, the lady with the alabaster box, you know her. She's in the Gospels, Matthew, she's in Luke. Yeah, so you can look at Luke 7, 36 to 50. You can also look at it from Matthew 26, 7. So this lady, this lady was a sinner, and she heard that Jesus was having lunch at one of the Pharisees' place, and she decides to go there. Now this person was known as a sinner, but obviously for her to get to God, there's a place where she had repented. She wanted to worship. Now, the reason why I say she was crazy is that um, if you read it from Matthew 26, if you read it from Matthew, you'll see later on, Jesus says, when the disciples complain, hey, why did she spend that perfume on you? Why did she do this? Why did she do that? And, what? and you know, they're complaining. She should have just sold it, given to the poor. Jesus says, look, I was here. None of you paid me any attention. I've been here, you never paid me attention. I was here, but the moment this woman came, she paid me attention. Now, this, you can imagine how it was. You know how the Pharisees were. The Pharisees had a lot to say. The Pharisees would criticize. So now you imagine her reputation, and then she has to walk in and go and wait for Jesus to come. She's seated waiting in a Pharisee's house. How was she mocked? That was crazy. She was mocked. She went all out. She was mocked. It was crazy. And she does this crazy thing. Because obviously this perfume is expensive for them to complain, give the money to the poor. What? It's expensive. And then she washes his, his, his feet or yeah, like dries her feet with his hair and whatnot. A, a woman's glory is what? Her hair. So with everything that is of value to her, she wipes his feet. That's a place of worship. And the Bible later on says that, Jesus says, she preserved my body. There's a place where we have to preserve the presence of God. 
When I say preserve, I don't mean that it's our lie to rot. No. Like you ensure that you secure it such that nothing can make you change your mind concerning the presence of God. Nothing can make you shift and move your focus away to something else. Nothing can cause you to compromise fellowshipping with God. That is preserving the presence of God. So she preserved him, whether she had caught it prophetically or not. But I mean, that was Christ himself. He was the very presence. It was him. He dwelt among us. They saw him. It was Christ himself. He was present there. There was a preservation. And she spent all she could. That's another crazy person. Now, (laughs) another thing you need to do is study the word of God. You cannot worship a God you don't know. Like it's difficult, okay? You're probably going to worship, love, you worship the worship, the song. Because you really don't know who you're worshiping. And I'll, I'll give you exam, an example. If I, if I come to Deaconess Laura, and maybe this is the first time I've met her and I've heard she's a Deaconess in the church, um, maybe I don't know other qualities or other things she does, right? I'll just relate to her from that perspective as a deaconess. So I'm going to be limited. Hello? But if I engage her and we have communion and we have fellowship, I'm going to find out more about her. I'm going to find out what she likes. Oh, she loves shoes. I also love shoes. Let's go shopping for these shoes. Or I'm selling these shoes. Whatever you relate. Hello? But you cannot relate on a particular level if you don't know that person. So you're hindered. So knowledge is good. Remember, you can't just have zeal. You must have knowledge. Now, if you look at the same very person, David. David, when he wanted to, the first time around, he attempted to bring the Ark of the Covenant. Excuse me. David didn't know how to carry that Ark. You go read. Meaning there were certain instructions that God had given on how to handle the ark, how to carry it, who should carry it. Hello? David had zeal. He was, he was excited. He loved God. But you need knowledge. Hallelujah. Let's look at Romans 10.2. Romans 10.2. And then, whilst we are, well, okay. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. So knowledge can hinder you. Alright? Even in your fellowship. Now David, when he decided to bring the Ark of the, the Covenant, he decided to move it. What happened was he didn't have this, the, the proper knowledge that he needed. Whether he didn't know about it or he just really maybe didn't pay much attention to it because those instructions were given years, years ago before he was born. What happened? Somebody ended up dying because they touched the ark of God and they shouldn't have touched it. Amen. Somebody died. I'm not saying, I'm not saying this to scare you. What I'm saying is that when that person died, David could no longer take the ark where it was supposed to go. Because he wanted it with him. He couldn't. He was now hindered. Meaning he couldn't fellowship with God the way he had wanted to fellowship. He wanted the presence closer to him. But now he couldn't. Amen. 
And so David had to go back and go study how things were done. And then he went and attempted the second time. Now let me show you what his lack of knowledge did. Because he lacked knowledge in that area, or he decided to ignore knowledge, whichever it was, somebody else benefited Obed-Edom. We know the story. You see this? So all those blessings that Obed-Edom had, David could have encountered that. But he missed out. Because he lacked knowledge. Are we following? I'll be done soon. Proverbs 19 verse 2 and I'm reading from the New Living Translation and it says enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. Take time to know God eh? and I'll be very practical. Um, there are times when I'm being assisted even as I am ministering or whatever I'm being assisted by people from different departments. Let's say the, the, the protocol for instance and I, I bless all the departments in the city of the Lord Church you people are really amazing and you, you are lovely, you work and I'll be particular and I'll say there's somebody who or there are people, let me say like they have studied they have studied I, I noticed that they have studied me such that when I'm done ministering and I'm thinking, oh, I need this. Before I can even think, I need this. Before I can even say, it has already come. Hello? It has already come. Now imagine the joy in the heart of God when you, you learn Him. Before you can even, before He can even tell you how He's feeling, you can, you, you can already sense because you've spent so much time, you've, you've, you know Him. You know what is, He's like when He's touched. And you can already say, Amen. Do you know how your heart is moved when a person knows you? When a person goes out of their way to know you? Do you know how your heart is moved? Have you ever seen a child where you don't have to say, hey, can you go clean? Or can you, you, the child just knows mom loves a clean whatever. When you clean, I tell you without being told, you'll be on your parents' hearts. Amen, parents. No, seriously. And many times I've told the young ladies in this church, just win over your parents' hearts. That's it. The moment you do that, it will be so easy for you because you, have, you are in their hearts now. Anything they'll be thinking about, you'll find that they'll, they'll even go out of their way to do things for you. No, I'm telling you. Sometimes you think that you have a strict parent. And this parent wants this, this parent wants that. Eh, this parent wants this, this parent wants that. And it all seems like it's too much. <laughs> the parents are laughing. I mean, I've been through it. Like, Ish, okay, this is like a lot. <laughs> but the moment you do what they want you to do, and you do it with joy, because you've learned them, you've mastered them, you've studied them. I tell you, it's a blessing. Because the way they'll move for you is not the ordinary way. I'm telling you. The way they'll move for you is not an ordinary way. It's like you, you, you have favor with them. The moment you say this, they, they, they're already saying yes. Why? Because there's a place of favor that you entered when you decided to know them. Hello? 
Young ladies in the church, I repeat, I promise you, it's worked for me. And it's worked for many people I know. Just know them. I remember when I was growing up, my, my mother would be, like I said, like, she, you know, she was, she, we, there's a lot going on. You need to do this, you need to, fine, right? But there are certain things that she liked that I didn't necessarily like. And I didn't really feel like, ah, okay, what's the point? She loved plants. She still loves plants. And so she'd be out there gardening what, I didn't want to be outdoors. I wanted to be inside watching TV or whatever, but not outside. So she's gardening, she's watering plants, flowers, what? And she's got, it's green everywhere. She's got these plants, what? And she talks to them, actually. Oh, how are you doing? What not? And she'll tell you, you know what? When you talk to the plants, they grow. And it's very true, I've seen it. They grow. You talk to them lovingly, they grow. I've seen it. That's a story for another day. Deaconess Joanna says it's true. She deals with flowers and whatnot. She knows. And so there was this, and she was always on this. And I remember one time I discovered. You're yeah, happy that side sits Samus of Zion. Okay, so there's this one time I discovered, okay, if I can just go outside, because now she'll be upset if I don't want to do gardening with her. So now we're always like, you know, there's just this energy, like, okay. So now I decide, okay, let, let me go outside and see what she's doing. And I'll go outside, she would tell me about the plants, how you talk to them, amen, <laughs> how you can talk to them and what, and she would show me, you know, this one, I'm talking to you because it doesn't seem to be doing well, what, and she would talk, talk, and do, and she's doing all the work, she's watering, and I'm watching, I'm like, yes, 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 I'm following, like, I'm interested. I tell you, the minute I did that, I didn't have to do any work, but because I did that, there was now no negative energy. If, I'm, if I go in and sit and watch till everything is good. Why? Because I spent time knowing her. Studying her. Paying attention to her. And that's how it is with God. So I won over her heart through that. And that's how it is with God. And those are the things that we need to do. Right? So... You need to be, you need to study. The Bible says, study that you may show yourself approved. Second Timothy 2.15. And I'll give you another example of one of the other departments, Sweet Summits of Zion. I remember one time, Apostle. <laughs> All right, have your moment. <laughs> uh, go to verse 15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. A worker. Remember when you have been appointed, there are responsibilities, there are duties. You are a worker. That needs to be approved by God. Remember what I said in the corporate world, they will check and see, they will grade you what you have to prove yourself. But here, you have to be approved to God. He needs to see. Hello? And I'll give you an example of the, the, the sweet psalmist of Zion. And studying, you know, studying, not in this case, not necessarily God, but there's, there's a way that they studied apostle. And I'm just giving examples that I've seen. I'm sure there are many more, please, departments. You are all doing fine. Thank you. So, sweet psalmist of Zion. I remember one time apostle did a service. He was almost done, like, concluding. You could tell he was concluding. But um, there's something he hadn't done. 
He hadn't done an altar call for salvation. Now you know that in this church, like every service we are, we are, we are doing this altar call. We are calling out people to come and get saved. And so Apostle carries on like as though he's ending and it seems he's obviously forgotten the altar call. It must, one of the keyboardists, I can't remember who it was, began to play the song that we play. Was it, was it Father's Child? What was it? Come to the altar. Uh-huh. And they began to play. Right? Why? Because they've studied how the man of God does things. Okay? You're not just sitting at the keyboard waiting at... Today they are singing four songs. So those same four songs, I know them. That is just the normal thing that you... But you are going beyond. You are, go, you are, you are deliberate. Hello? You are deliberate in serving. You are deliberate. You are not just doing the things like, okay, just according to... No, you are going beyond. And so this person plays... And it triggers in you know, apostles' mind like, oh, okay, what? I didn't do this. And he says, thank you. Thank you for that. I, I forgot. Do you see this? Now, imagine if somebody was casual. The man of God would have sat down. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm giving these small or simple um, examples just so that you catch it. Can somebody say they are catching it? So you have to be deliberate about knowing God. So the, the, this person is deliberate about how pastor flows. Okay, from this pastor does this, and from this pastor does this. And pastor has never said that when I forget, Eshan, you must remind me. No. It's because they know. And they know that this is important to pastor. You know how souls are important to the man of God. You know how he goes all out. You know how it is. There's nothing casual about this when it comes to a man of God. So for you, you know that here, if pastor sits down and forgets, somebody won't get saved today. And this will eat pastor up. So this person plays. Why? Because it took time. So remember one thing I said? I said that um, you need knowledge. So things to look out for. Things you need to do as a person who's being deliberate. Know God. Aside from spending time with him, I won't really talk so much about um, spending time with him. Um, I'll talk about knowing God. Um, I've spoken about knowing God. Another thing you need to do is just check yourself for things that may hinder you from um, accessing the presence of God or fellowshipping with God the way you should. And one of the things, there are many things, but one of the things is bitterness. Amen? Bitterness, um, if you look at David's story and the ark, remember how he danced and then his wife said some really horrible things about how he was dancing and whatnot. When you go and read it in your own time, this woman seemed to have been bitter. There's no way, um, there's no way that she could have said the things that she said. And if you just read through her life, her story... I think from the look of it, she had some serious issues probably in her marriage because there were other wives and whatnot and this and that. And that woman was, that woman was bitter. But you see, when she, when she criticized David, what happened? She, it's like her womb was held and she never had a child because she laughed and criticized David's act 
of going all out. So now the thing that she says is how can you look like that? You're supposed to look, you know, dignified. How can you look like that? You're a king. Now some, somehow it sounds like it's okay, right? Like it makes sense. Like, you know, there's a way a king should carry themselves. You can't overdo it. You're a king, you know? You're supposed to be in authority. What you, you are supposed to show that you got this. There are people who are there that can do their thing. You can call the Levites, the sweet summits of Zion. They can sing what? But you, since you've already appointed, you've spent money, you just need to walk in your kingly attire. It kind of sounds okay, right? It kind of sounds okay. Be careful the advice that people give you. Because it could be best from a, from a heart of bitterness. And it can hinder you from fellowshipping with God. Amen. You know what David did? And this is another thing. He went all out. How? He put on the ephod. That ephod was a priestly garment. It wasn't necessarily a garment that a king put on. Him, he decided to put his kingly robe aside. And put on the effort and function as a priest and not as a king. Because what? He was ministering to God. The king of kings. So he did this. He did this. And he danced. <laughs> exactly. He decided to dance. You know, king, kingly things aside. This is my God that I'm dealing with. Amen. Amen. So titles aside. Titles aside. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to... There are different titles. Sometimes it's not a title. Sometimes maybe it's a certain status or age. Sometimes you find... But not in my church. Hello. Sometimes you find people are married. They stop serving. It's been long since you were in the press team. Because you are married. So let the younger ones serve. Are you sure? In the corporate world, people retire at what? 65, 60, 65. You are still working. You get married that have stopped. Mm-mm. But you are still going for work. How? So, status aside. Hello? You can still dance. Edge things aside. If you've got uh, an issue with your body, that is understood. But where you have strength and what and your do it! With all your might, do it! Do it! Do it! Take off that title. Take off that title and check yourself for bitterness. Because if David had listened, he would have partaken in the bitterness of that woman. And he would have missed out. Careful who who you surround yourself with. Even in the church it can happen. Somebody is upset because somebody did what? And so now they have sort of become sluggish in their service. And they will say something like, ah... Away, we must see them a band of Amazon meeting. They are no longer present. They are where the presence of God is because where two or more are gathered. Band 
bundles can be expensive, yes, but you find that the person is spending their bundles on something else. And then now where you want there that eh yeah, bundles are expensive every day. Meanwhile, you can afford. Your friend, it seems like what your friend is saying is making sense. Saving you, you become sluggish. You miss out. Your friends are growing, increasing in knowledge, able to interact with the Savior at a certain level, able to interact with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hey! <laughs> and you are behind, wondering what is going on. Your friends are making progress. Remember what we've been told. We're in the takeoff stage. Hello? We're in the takeoff stage. And in this stage, it's a period of intensive growth. It's a short period of intensive growth. There's a window. It's a short period of intensive growth. So your friends are experiencing this intensive growth. Holy Ghost week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Hey! The bundle is like, so I'm only doing Wednesday because of Wednesday service. You, by the time your friends are on Wednesday, you are behind. You know, there's a certain place where you've in, when you've invested in the presence of God, huh? there's a certain place where there's a way you carry that presence. You can walk into a room without saying anything, the atmosphere shifts when you pass. Honestly. Honestly. And something that does that is even investing in the word of God. You're investing. When Moses came down the mountain, his face was growing. His countenance changed. Atmosphere, something else. Have you ever spoken to somebody on the phone? It's not even church related. You're just talking, having a conversation. The minute they say hello, the atmosphere has changed. You are on one day a week for the Zoom meetings. Your friend is growing. Your friend is increasing. We're in takeoff, huh? It's a short period of intense growth. It's intense. There's nothing casual about it. So somebody has decided to lock in. And somebody has decided to labor with that grace. You are still on one day a week. You know, there's a certain friend of mine, every time we'd park outside the house, we're just chatting. Atmosphere. You'd catch it. Atmosphere. And you knew that, obviously, whatever she does in her spare time, she's investing in God. Atmosphere. The way I carry and the way you carry, it's different. But it also depends on the relationship you have with God and what you are doing with it. Have you ever heard when somebody gets a mic? Hey, 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 hey. You know, like, hey, these tongues. And suddenly they are not, you know, they are sounding like tongues. Huh? Tongues. Because you, 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 you don't know how to describe them. You know, like when the person just said, like, like all the demons are dead. This is real. 
tongues. Because you don't know what to call them. They are, they are too deep. Like, like, like we speak in tongues, but this one does tongues. There's a way they've invested. Then there's a way that another one would just come and when they just minister the word of God, they are looking at your Bible. And I'm not just a party, Like which version does he have? Maybe there's a new version. We all have Christ dwelling in us. But the way you carry is different. You are the chosen one. Zion. So what are you going to do about that appointment? Especially in this season that we're in. We need to run with the grace. Whichever level that we are at, it's time to increase. Amen. No, it's, it's, it's time to increase. The first scripture I read says that you are God's rest. You, you know what it is to be somebody's rest or to give somebody rest? It means with you, everything is easy. With you, there are no... Like, there's a way that you've gotten God so much such that you make him so comfortable... That he rests in your presence. When you, if you're in a home where a person gives you rest, even coming home, it is a joy. Staying there is, a, in fact, the person doesn't even really want to leave because that, that rest. So there's a certain rest that we can bring to God. How much rest do you bring to God? Right? We may bring rest, but to what level, do, to what decree will you go out and ensure that you bring rest to God? That you make this body so habitable for him that, that God can... You know, God, is, God can do anything. God is creator of the heavens and of the earth. And everything in it, all power and glory are his. There's nothing that he can't do. But for God to look at you and say, there goes my rest. To bring rest to a creator who can do anything. To the prince of peace himself, you are bringing rest. What level is that? And he can look and just say, I love resting in that one's presence. There are certain things that you do deliberately as human beings that, you know, can bring someone rest and can cause somebody to want to always be home or run home. And I remember when we were kids, when we were growing up, I used to look forward to my mom being on leave because there's a way that she would cook certain food. You know, no, it's not necessarily food that's just your average mediocre, but she'll go all out and cook you know, gourmet, gourmet kind of meals. And she would lay the table, not the ordinary way. You know where you, she's, she, she, she does the, what do you call it, the napkin, the serviette, the napkin, like, in a, like you're in at a hotel. And it's your white napkins, and you know, it's your white linen thing, and there are cups and glasses and cutlery that's come out that doesn't really come out, but it's come out. And like you're drinking water in this glass. And you want to come home. 
from school you want to come home because you know hey i don't know what mom has cooked today i just don't know what she's done today and she would bake and when you enter the house it would smell so good like it was a standard we looked forward to it was a level we looked forward to that brought us like such like we wanted to be home now imagine you catch the heart of god like that and you do certain things that he loves so much that when he looks at you he's in awe and he just at, at how you've invested so much in him that he can never like even if it was possible for him to live he, he would never want to live imagine being the rest of a mighty god jehovah el gibor the God who fights our battles effectively he goes out to fight and can come back and rest. So I've said quite a lot. I've said enough. And today the reason for all of this was to just paint this picture just so that you, we can have this great understanding of this appointment, this calling. You know it's it's a calling. Another word for appointment is calling. It's no wonder our apostles sing, This is the highest purpose. I'm in love with my Creator. This is the highest calling. This is the highest purpose to love my Creator. I'm in love with my Creator. Keep singing it. Keep singing it. Pick it, sweet psalmist. Pick it. Pick it.
service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.